Welcome, everybody, to Nerd Your Enthusiasm. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about current events, pretty much everything that's been going on with all the consoles coming out. Um, we have news about the uh, obvious Xbox and Xbox Series X and S. Um, those just got announced with price point and all of the stuff, uh, all the specs and all that. We also have today uh it was announced about the upcoming playstation 5 reveal um we already know what it looks like but i'm assuming we're gonna get specs launch titles as well as the price point on wednesday september 16th recording this on the 12th in the evening um and then of course uh steve actually has more insight about the nintendo switch uh 4k update it's not an update but it's like a new console yeah it's like new hardware iteration basically yeah. like an upgrade yeah it's like the uh the nintendo plus if you will um and then yeah we're gonna talk about all things that related related to that um steven uh did you have anything to say at the start of the podcast no well what are you currently playing at the moment well um I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, as we mentioned last game, but then, uh, last game, last episode, um, that was the game I was playing last, is what I meant to say, and then, uh, you know, since I beat it, platinumed it, done with that, I was like, okay, well, maybe I jump into another another game that I really liked, and I platinumed the other two in, I tried to play Jack 3, um, and realized god damn there's two trophies in that game which make you require which make you acquire um you have to get like 200 metal heads in that game which is just just the the drops that the certain enemies give you but then you have to get four no 600 precursor orbs and you have to do that through time trials and find this you know it's ridiculous find this item in this area based on the surroundings but we won't show you where it actually is get to it quick you have like 10 seconds and you have to get 600 of them and of course like each time you do that isn't just one you get but you get you know a few maybe 10 for doing one and five for doing another and it it's i jumped away from that real quick so i went back to Warzone. we pre-ordered black ops cold war which we'll talk about in another episode more once we get done with the beta and play that a bit. Um, but uh, got Woods skin for pre-ordering, so I've been playing Black Ops a lot. Or sorry, not Black Ops. Goddamn. Warzone. Warzone. I feel like it's Warzone. Black Ops, man. I feel like Warzone. it's Black Ops. Yeah, you can't get me away from it there, if man. If they release like a remastered version of the original, I'd be on that instead of Warzone. Yeah, to for be sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, or like maybe a Warzone Warzone map for Black Ops. That'd be cool. Um, that is, yeah, that's on the horizon. Mm. I would. I honestly do not see why they would not update with uh, Warzone with the new map trying to keep parity and having all of the players in one concise location instead of splitting the player base, which is smart. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, 
I've been playing Warzone. I've been playing Jack 3 for a little while, but then I just jumped back into a different platformer. Was uh, it just like the the trophies themselves grindy or were they just very challenging? No, they're not challenging. It's just grindy. It's like oh. it's like well, they're challenging and grindy cuz for the metalheads, you can get into this one area where they're just constantly spawning and then finish that trophy, which I already did. It's the precursor orbs where it's like, "Oh, there's a puzzle." And you have to do these puzzles at a certain time in the game. Otherwise, you'll miss them. And it's like, great. I have to do these now other than later when I won't be able to do them. This makes it a pay the ass. But um, when it comes to games, I did jump into the uh, remake of Ratchet and Clank. And it's a reboot, actually. Um I, I it's very different from what I remember the first game being and I'm, I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be which is different um, because I don't recall there being there's these little cards you can collect in there and it if you get three of a cut like three of the same set then you get a bonus of like upgrade points it's very different from what i remember for the first game being so i'm assuming it's a reboot rather than a remake yeah it's it's like a soft reboot in the way in which they update the gameplay systems uh much more they would they went farther ahead than just a visual overhaul and i think parts of the story as well yeah but definitely different i yeah but i never completed like any of the ratchet games but i did enjoy like the ones that i did play which was two three and then deadlocked deadlocked was my favorite one yeah Um, exactly i never beat i don't know i think i beat the second uh, no the third one and then deadlocked deadlocked was my favorite because you get to it's like a thunderdome kind of game where it's like you have to beat this certain character in this certain setting um it was like much yeah, like you have to fucking... go up the ranks and beat every people because you're kind of like trapped in a uh like a uh beyond so like, uh, scenario yeah yeah exactly mad max style yeah and then just the health series i just really enjoy their diverse selection of weapons and how they have fun with it too you know, mm-hmm. like the weapon that turns enemies to sheep. Yes, the sheepinator. And then uh, for the new one that's going to come out uh, close to the launch window of the PlayStation 5, like just if you've seen like the recent uh, demonstration. Um, I haven't actually. They showed, but it's just basically you see a bunch of like time warps splitting across like the location that you're in. And you're like constantly cycling through new locations at a very quick pace and mm. I, I and i guess that was the powerhouse showcase for sony because they wanted to you know let the audience know hey this is what the power of that uh, solid state drive can do when it comes to loading times it's just almost instantaneous two seconds or less it's like crazy good mm. yeah i didn't um, i didn't actually yeah. watch the demonstration uh but yeah i, I was just bored with jack and i was like i want to play a platformer and i don't I like a good story kind of and it's funny because it's actually narrated by captain quark which is kind of funny because he's like the he's kind of like the bad guy but he's like the he's like the anti he, he he's kind of like the middle ground bad guy 
in the uh, in the ser- series because he's like he doesn't believe in you and he doesn't you're like kind of on the same team and he's like ah not today he's like patting you on the shoulder like no thanks he is the mr incredible to syndrome in the incredibles if that makes any sense and your syndrome except for not evil Mm -hmm. he's like oh that's a nice you know if anyone's played any ratchet and clank games they know what they mean but yeah that's what i've been playing what have you been playing uh, lately, not much uh, beyond Final Fantasy VII Remake. I did purchase that earlier in the year, expecting to like complete it like in a good like time frame. But you know, a bunch of stuff happened, and so I basically had to split up my my playthrough sessions. So it's been a bit slower as of late. Okay. Um, any anything else you're playing at all? Uh, besides that, a uh, bit of Fall Guys on the side. Um, I just like how you can just jump in, play a few rounds, and then just jump out without having any like thing tied for you to stick for the long haul. Like even the battle pass uh, progression, the costumes, like that doesn't really. That really doesn't grab me in the way that other ba- like passes and other BR games would, because mm-hmm. you kind of have to like tie the unlock weapons in other games. And in Fall Guys, it's mostly all cosmetic emotes, uh, things that you can customize your Fall Guy with. And I think that's a, a very nice change of pace when it, it kind of tailors the experience too. You you get a group of friends together. You play, and honestly, this is a great game if, if, if you want to, like, you know, be a bit, you know, have some drinks and just go batshit crazy with mm-hmm. how far you can go. I, I think it's a great party game in that regard. Um, yeah, but yeah, besides those it, two games, it's, uh, it, I, I kind of hate it though. <laughs> oh, oh, because every time feel your hatred, I, I can't, I can't get into it, man. You, damn, okay. Not yet. What? What about it? Is it because it's too simple? The rage. The rage. That's the best part. That's the best part. It's the frustration it gives me. Portion of like uh, the Mario. It it like takes the portion of what makes Mario Party great. I would rather have someone steal a star from me than have to fall off a goddamn platform and not be able to participate. You'd rather someone crown. steal a star than steal your crown. I get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. That's what it is. But um, yeah, uh, that's what I've been playing. And it seems like you've been playing some other games. Uh, you uh, also mentioned Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah, Final Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I don't have the nostalgic glasses for, though, uh, for that whole uh entry point uh in in the series because i never played the original i did get the remastered one that came out a few years ago uh but i played like 20 minutes of it and again this seems like a very superficial like reason to like forego like completing it but like the graphics were just a big turn off for me like like the the only incentive for me to continue playing it was like the turn-based combat but even then like after playing persona and stuff like that it's like uh i really don't want to have to learn all these systems again and it just 
came at a bad time for me. This remake, though, changes the combat system entirely. It's more of a hybrid of like Kingdom Hearts and Final Fan- and Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, with the way that you can do aerial combat. Um, it's a bit more like grounded in which you don't have that f- that free roam style uh, attack an enemy, speed dash your way across. Uh, it- it's definitely tied more towards like the landscape that you have and the enemy types. And so you're really juggling between what abilities to use and what enemy type to use it best with. Like some enemies will be more prone to fire and others will be more resistant. So you have to switch up the magic uh abilities on the fly and then you could switch between party members uh pretty seamlessly and there are situations where one like an enemy turret will pop up in the level and you need to you know switch to barret so that you can use your your ranged weapon to mm-hmm. take it down and so it does have that tactical like m- like mindset that you have to play as but it depends on the difficulty as well right now i'm playing it on kind of normal so it's a bit more easier and the reason I don't want to like put that challenge on myself is because I, I really don't want to extend my time with the game because as much as I have grown to appreciate the game so far, I'm about halfway. Um, I think there are aspects of it that definitely feel a bit outdated, uh, especially with like the linear nature of like the uh, areas that you traverse. There are like they disguise low times in a way that is so obvious where like you're crawling between this narrow hallway and it takes like 15 seconds to like get across. And it's like so obvious that that's trying to disguise the low time between mm-hmm. areas. And it just got a bit annoying. Uh, it's definitely not a big mark against the game, but I think I'm at that part of the game where um, there are some really funny moments that I won't spoil here, but for those who were uh, OG fans of the original, they they did make alterations to the story to make it more interesting and much more of a proper reboot than just bringing everything that was the same story-wise to this one. They actually changed things up a bit. And as far as I understand, there, there has been a bit of... Uh, not outcry, but like I feel like some of the fan base has been divided with the changes they made. So, as a newcomer to that specific uh, installment, I'm intrigued to see how the end will play out. Uh, and then obviously it's going to be split up in parts, so we might get a part two and then maybe a part three if Square Enix decides that they want to siphon more, more money. <laughs> what do you mean a part so, two and a part three? Yeah, so basically the original Final Fantasy VII was a pretty long game um, and the story kind of went through these different areas of the of the dystopian world that they created. Right. And it's an allegory for climate change, energy production, resources, uh-huh. evil corporations. Um, so wait, th- you're telling me this, this game, the remake, didn't even cover the entire game that they did originally? No. No, it, it, it only covers... Th- this first part only covers, like, the first 25% of the original. So you don't even... Well, heavy spoilers for those who have not beat Final Fantasy Seven. I'm going to warn you, you could probably skip about two minutes ahead and you'll pass by this spoiler. It's long. Everybody knows. Everybody oh, okay, knows. good. So this game doesn't include the death scene? 
of no. that. What? Uh, yeah, at least no, because this is just like the this is like just covering that first major portion of Midgar, and then you go into like the slum areas, and then I'm not sure what happens after that. Uh, but uh, you basically cover like the first 25 percent of the original game. and then that just ends and it ends but from my understanding it ends where how much did this deal. game cost what do you mean full price what the bucks? fucking hell this is so stupid this is okay i didn't even know about this i did i wouldn't we could make a whole episode about how the fucking game is trying to rip you off it's a remake and it's not even a full game that's a remake and they charge full price for it yeah and you don't find that to be atrocious not necessarily in the sense that i do miss that sort of time period back when like you would have to like swap discs obviously this is a different beast altogether because you're not getting the full game per se but the one thing that will make or break it for me is the ending and how standalone this first part will feel Uh, it sort of has to be tied to okay what do they want to cover with with this first part and how will the new plot twist that they incorporate will sort of like change future parts of the series like again because they still have a lot of room to cover so i'm not sure exactly how part two and part three might play out maybe they just make a part two and they they streamline story elements further um and they make it more concise but we're talking about square enix here they're not known for their conciseness um so honestly i'm just there for the ride and for the legacy of of Final Fantasy 7 because without that game being such a breakout hit when it came to the states, JRPGs would probably be at a more diminished state than it currently is. Hmm. Um, at least back then. Now yeah. it's just like everyone's crazy about them. So Well, yeah. Uh, I did just very surprising that they didn't release the full game at $60. They, they had problems with game development. They like switched uh, the developer a few times. Hmm. Um, it, it it had a rocky development cycle, but from what I've experienced, uh, it's it's fairly good. I don't feel any like regret buying it at the moment. But again, I I, I haven't completed it yet, and it, it's, it's just I, I I I feel like the production values, the the characters, and their quirkiness, and just that Japanese aesthetic to it that most jrpgs have it just appeals to me in a way that i'm like okay i can deal with some of this bullshit to tolerate like the very good stuff um it was the same thing with like yakuza where it's like yeah you could tell this is an outdated engine the combat isn't exactly as precise or mechanically refined but holy shit did it provide you with such an experience yeah well I guess that's a little bit of touch on what we've been playing. And um, so, yeah, I kind of want to jump into what is for the future. And by that, you know, talking about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S. Yep. And 
Nintendo 4K. So, um, what? Tell me, let's let's. Which one would you rather start with? I think we should start with the one. We should we, start with Xbox. Uh, we know about, yeah. Yeah, because we have more information. It's coming from you know Microsoft themselves, but. The uh, Xbox Series S announcement was leaked prematurely. Um, I think, when was it? I think it was leaked on last Monday. Yeah, last Monday at at like 12 (laughs) a.m. Someone fucking leaked it. And it basically showed like the production video where they go over its features. And the one thing that really pops to me about the Series S is the fact that the price point is 299 which to me is a little bit bonkers uh when it comes to the perception of next generation because one expects oh shit ah shit investing in next generation at launch that's gonna that's gonna hit the wallet but with series s i mean at 299 that is a really good price point and you pair that with the sort of uh, payment plans that they offer, which isn't new by all means. They did this with the Xbox One X as well um, in the previous generation or this recent generation. And the their price point is the following. So every month you pay $25 for, I think, two years or so. Um, and then you basically get the box, you get xbox game pass ultimate and i think you get xbox live as well um for 25 dollars a month Hmm. and that's pretty good yeah and with the current economic trends at the moment uh thanks to our good old friend the coronavirus um that is just going to be too tough to pass up like it's just Microsoft is playing this really smart in the way that this leak wasn't manufactured by them, as far as I know. It just sort of happened and they kind of playfully went along with it. And it just generated this goodwill among, you know, people who pay attention to like gaming news in general. Um, And so they're really trying to make the entry point to their ecosystem uh, and as accessible as possible. Um, and just comparing the specs be- between the Series S, which is at 299 the Series X, which is at 499 uh, which is what the expected price would, would be. Um, the CPU is the same. The only difference is that the GPU power is obviously three times more powerful on the Series X to display that 4K resolution. Um, and the uh let's see here the disk drive obviously the series x has a disk drive the series s is not so you would have you know you would have to stream the games through through game pass or download the games on the xbox store um, with the series s so this is a very good low entry point for next gen in my opinion um Mm -hmm. i think it puts sony in a weird position where they have to sort of counter with basically why why would you forego let's say someone doesn't care too much let's look at the casual gamer or consumer right let's say they don't care about the last of us they don't care about 
you know, Ghost of Tsushima, they don't care about the exclusives in general. They just mm-hmm. want to play a game for Madden or Call of Duty. Right. Like the standard, if they look at, standard fare. Yeah, exactly. If they look at a 299 system that could output that at their 1080p TV. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, like, for the casual consumer, they're going to look at the 299 price point. And they just want to play Call of Duty uh, or Madden, right? And they're going to be like, okay, well, oh, I, I also get Game Pass with the payment plan. And I get all this extra perks to it. Why would I get a PlayStation if I don't care about, you know, The Last of Us or any other, you know, Last premium of us or, game? you know, uh, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima 2, whatever that's going to be called. Exactly. Or so, it's probably not going to be called Ghost of Tsushima. I wouldn't imagine it's called Ghost of Tsushima. Unless, of course, they go like before the game and then you play as his father and then you die at the end of it um which wouldn't make sense at all for my ghost's standpoint yeah uh but besides that side tangent um the the series s uh with the payment plan i think is like the best best course for most consumers now that you know uh they're a bit tight on money mm-hmm. um and they don't have to feel guilty that they're they feel like they're being gimped with the next generation experience because right. the only thing they're gonna miss out on is 4k uh, um the 4k graphic fidelity and a little bit of of performance hitch i guess but mm-hmm. again it, it to again back to the casual consumer they don't care too much about that um right. Yeah, I, I, I personally think that, like they they wouldn't care about that much at all unless it's really important to them, I guess. Um, so one point I wanted to mention uh, some some of the launch titles for the Xbox uh, in in general, the new Xbox. Um, it, 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 so the. Xbox One was the last one, right? So this one's Series X and Series S. But they're just essentially going by the brand of there Xbox is, now. There is a bit of, of an overlap for the naming convention because the Xbox One came out 2013. That was the one with the bundled connection. And then it was and Xbox was One terrible. X, right? And then the, the pro version of that Xbox One was the Xbox One X, yes. That was like the premium upgrade comparable to the ps4 pro but it was more powerful than the ps4 yeah i i feel like that people are confused i feel bad for any grandparent who has to buy their kid this this thing because it's like i want the xbox x okay well i would i would agree the thing is i don't think it's going to have that much of an effect oh no or or meant or most people will make that mistake because if you look at the best-selling uh gaming platform of all time the DS, how many fucking upgrades Nintendo made, how many like different versions with the naming convention? DS, DS Lite, DS Lite. 3DS. <laughs> the the DSi with the with the camera. Uh the 3DS, the 3DS extra large. You know, it's like that didn't stop the momentum of that system. I don't see that being like a, a major Yeah con for the xbox um 
Uh, as One far as the design of like the hardware, I mean, it's it it, it looks like a fucking little speaker. It's, it's kind of kind of cute. It's the fridge and the um, and the Kia speaker that Kia you buy speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While the PlayStation Five is the router. <laughs> Yeah, it's the router or the Eye of Sauron, as I would like to refer to. And the Nintendo Switch is the toaster. Um, But uh, the the Eye of Sauron, yeah, I could see it. I could see it for that. Um, One thing I did want to talk about is the launch titles for the Xbox, uh, the new series uh, X and S. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is not surprising, is going to be a a series drop. Uh, Destiny 2, Beyond Light, uh, for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and Xbox and all the new consoles. Dirt 5 actually will be a launch title. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not coming to PlayStation, right? No, I think Dirt is multi-platform. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's coming to both. Uh, Fortnite being a new generation title. Uh, that's a laugh. Um, Gears Tactics for the Xbox One S and X. Uh, let's see here. Rainbow Six Siege. Tetris Effect Connected is going to be a... Uh, that, that's the one thing I'm jealous about because I've always wanted to play Tetris Effect, our, our game of the year from 2018. Um, yeah, you want to mention with, that, with of course. Players. Yeah, of course. I always uh, have to bring it up. So is that not going to come to PlayStation at all? It will, but until... Uh, the summer. Okay, so we got a year or so. At least it's a free update. Yeah, Falconeer. Um, the Falconeer has been. Uh, it's, it's it's more of an indie title, based on what I understand. But it's coming out on November tenth for a release for that. Watchdog Legions, or sorry, Watchdogs Legion, will be a uh, a launch title for the uh, Xbox, as well as Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, apparently, that's going to be uh, a new game. Yeah, coming out. is that is that hey, is that also that's coming to PlayStation? Exclusive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. But Microsoft actually managed to lock down timed exclusivity for Yakuza, mm-hmm. so that's actually a little surprising. Yeah, uh, I've never. I, I tried playing the one uh, very very briefly, like maybe ten minutes of time, trying to play a Yakuza game, and I was like, uh, I probably should have given more time to it. Like I did with The Witcher, and I probably would have been stuck on it forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Xbox um, has a good start. We'll see what happens on the 16th with, with PlayStation. I'm guessing we're going to get a launch window. I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of... Um, we're going to get a price and release date. It, it'd be foolish for Sony to just let Microsoft kind of steal the spotlight because they already announced a, a pre-order like date for the Xbox, which is on September 22nd. Sony has to counter and say when their pre-order uh, date is going to be and the price points as well because they need to let the consumer base stew over, oh, shit, which one should I get? The Series S is, is is the cheapest option. However, I won't be able to play Spider-Man Miles Morales on it. So it's like, it's it's sort of like okay, give them a price point. Yeah, right. just just give us a price point, a pre-order uh, date, as well as the launch date. The funny thing you sent, we sent each other this week about the um, 
there was a meme we showed. It was from Family Guy. It was like, oh, the Xbox Series One X and S uh, coming out November tenth. And is that when it's released? It is right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like November tenth at four ninety nine, and then it was like, oh, well, the PlayStation Five is coming out November ninth at four ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like okay, uh, what do you anticipate the price point to be for the expo uh, the uh, the PlayStation Five? Um, and it's discless. Com- yeah, so it's gonna uh, be two two versions: one with a disc drive, one without. Um, the one with the 4K Blu-ray player disc drive, uh, I honestly cannot see it going above 4.99. I, 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 I honestly can't. Um, after the debacle with the PS3 price point back in 06 and the $600 price point, I, I honestly can't see them doing that again. Uh, I think 500 is fair uh, for the disk drive. For the digital version, it has... In, in order to reach that price parity with Microsoft and sort of challenge them a bit, the price point... For the cheaper model, has to be three three ninety nine. If it if is four fifty, if it's four fifty, that fifty dollar difference is just gonna make people want to migrate to just the more expensive uh, model. Because at that point, it's a fifty dollar difference. It's not like a hundred dollars. If it's four ninety nine and it's if 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 the price point for the PlayStation Five versions are more expensive are we looking at an exodus for you and i are we we're we gonna switch teams to the green again are you willing to forego the sort of close to 100 digital games that we've downloaded on our systems just to go back to the enemy would it be, the enemy? Just... Would it be in the arms of an old friend uh... <laughs> would it be back to the old guard of of halo and 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 things oh, of gears and, and back to the good uh... team would it be would it be bad would it be bad to join back with the old people who we used to know our old friends Stephen? should we go back to to, to the microsoft family you know the listeners that are currently hearing this, whatever. Yeah, because I was the guy last episode who was like, oh my god, fuck Kratos' axe. I want Jin Sakai's sword. Yeah, this is not surprising them because I was betraying the mascot for Sony. It's Kratos. For anyone. For anyone. Oh. But, now, but now I'm like, what if... If Sony puts it at five nine, let's say let's say four ninety nine and three ninety nine, <laughs> respectively, for the disc and discless, um, do we see a, a move back into Xbox? Well, you you just basically restated my price points that I suggested would be the more likely option to. I said four ninety nine. That's five hundred. No. I said four ninety nine and three ninety nine. Exactly. That's what I mentioned would be the more likely outcome where you think- Sony would be in a good shape. Unless you're referring to six hundred and five hundred. The is Xbox that- is coming out at what is the top price? Four ninety nine. And the secondary one would be Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Okay, sorry. I meant five ninety nine and three ninety nine. 
whoops i messed up one of them so if it was like ridiculously overpriced would we see an exodus to to microsoft no because no because like that would just make the incentive to get the 399 version that that much more likely because why because okay speaking from personally i'm not a blu-ray collector i don't really i'm gonna buy the discless version either way of course but yeah so um i don't see why i would get the 200 dollar pricier variant if the only benefit is it's just gonna have a disk drive okay and i don't see them pricing it that high regardless and speaking of some of the leaks actually um we you messaged me something earlier this week on instagram uh let's talk hard drive because it seems like the hard drive would not change regardless of which one it was but yes let's say this is a retailer listing leak oh Um, retailer listing leak okay so it's pretty so the hard drive will be marketed at one terabyte for both variants um but obviously as gamers know the operating system does eat up a, a chunk of that hard drive space regardless and it's going to come out to 825 gigabytes so playstation 4 starting hard drive was 500 gigabytes was it okay it was 500 gigabytes so we're really only looking at you know 200 uh, no 350 325 like you know difference which what fits like two, three games, uh, triple A games. If, if, if we're it's talking. one whole war zone on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be a big problem with this generation. If developers can't figure out a way to utilize the solid state drive and the freedom and the extra tools it gives them to streamline a lot of their, uh, memory optimization for like game development because if we're going to see 100 gig games not get smaller or continue to rise in frequency that's not going to look good uh, for people who don't want to upgrade hard drives or continuously buy external storage options Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i i was um slightly disappointed that it wasn't like you know a slightly bigger hard drive given all the games that people will be downloading from their you know um uh you know backwards compatibility i mean games like i mean i'm not gonna call duty cold war won't be backwards compatible it's not gonna be a quote-unquote backwards compatible game but you know i want maybe if i want to play spider-man you know, I want to play that or um, games. I can't think of anything right now. What's a game that you would want to play that's backwards compatible? Well, most PS4 games you'll be able to play on your PlayStation 5. But the like, question yeah. is, this is one thing I really dislike about the marketing for this coming generation is the upgrade fucking system that that they're trying to, you know, the portray as for both. like no it's not just the 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 new price point it's just more so the oh yes if you get far cry 6 on the ps4 you get a free upgrade to the ps5 version i'm like no shit sherlock you're literally just transferring the ps4 version to the ps5 like it's like they're 
Oh my god, it's like they're making it sound like this new feature that, that there's the upgrade path to to, you know, for a seamless transition. I'm like, okay, it's just backwards compatibility. They should be marketing more towards the idea that if you get Far Cry 6 on the PS4, then when you play on the PS5, it will be better optimized with better graphic fidelity because we're going to release an update, which is exactly what it is. But they're making it sound like, oh, you're getting like a separate copy itself. You're getting two games in one when in reality, no, you're not. You're just you're just playing the backwards compatible game. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and and. I mean, at least it won't be like the PS Now service where you have to stream it and it's dog shit depending on how good your internet is, right? So... Well, yeah, I mean, Sony is lagging a bit with PS Now. I feel like oh, that Xbox was... Game Pass is stealing the the, the whole subscription. Certainly. Uh, thunder. Yeah. Um, I was more excited. And now they've been... Actually, I read today, the EA whatever the fuck their service is is now bundled in with uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass yeah yeah, but again personally this is me talking most of EA games are dog shit (laughs) (laughs) I mean really out of the ones that are in the pass itself what Battlefield Battlefield Battlefield, yeah okay Dragon Age is good depending on which one you play Um, the original and the newest one I didn't like Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 story was good. The length of it wasn't my to my taste. Um, but you know, and the uh, the 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 um, map development or the game development, I'd rather play Witcher 3 personally. But um, neither here nor there. I think I think that. Uh, Xbox is, is kind of looking a little bit better in this. Uh, it's a place Sony needs to bring it, really bring it this year. Well, you have to look at it from what their strategy is. I think they're. I think what Xbox is trying to do is play on their own terms in the way that Nintendo successfully played on their own terms when they uh, came out with the Wii back in 06. Uh they, the Wii came out, they weren't trying to compete with the 360 and PS3, so they're like, fuck it, we're just going to create a new way to play. For Microsoft, they want you to invest in their ecosystem and be a subscriber for life, per se. And they don't care where you play it. They don't care if you buy the Series S or the Series X, or if you play on the PC, or if, you know, you play it in, like, you know your smartphone even with their X cloud technology. They want people invested in their streaming platform and service in the same way that people subscribe to Netflix every month. They want their streaming uh, and subscription service to be the go-to for all gamers. And now here's, here's, yeah. So here's my fear when it comes to that strategy. You're going to see, obviously, games rotate in and out of the catalog due to licensing, and Microsoft has to pony up to renew it and stuff like that. We just saw this recently, I think. uh, I believe GTA V came out of the Game Pass service. Mm. I think uh, Red Dead 2 also came out or is soon to come out. So it's it's sort of like, okay, you got to, you know, invest time in the games and the, the... the game that you might enjoy playing and 
it's tied to the subscription price. If you want to like really like invest in the game, then you would have to purchase it. So in a way, the subscription service is more of a marketing platform than an actual like thing that will have long-term sustainability when it comes to, oh, this game is it's always going to be here. The only games that have that criteria are the first-party Microsoft titles. So Halo, Gears, they will always be in Game Pass. And so that's the only sort of uh, security you have when it comes to what games will will stay in the service. And so you also have to look at the fact, how is Microsoft paying out developers? Like with this service is can be a, a, a trap for small indie developers who are like, okay, well, they're paying us a good chunk and we get free marketing. Seems like a good deal, right? Except, you know, once more titles are included into the past and it gets too saturated, it's just going to get lost in the noise in a way. But obviously, that's kind of different because with video games, it's it's more expensive, more timely to, you know, create than, say, like a TV series or like a movie, right? Like the production values and they kind of scale in a different way. And so I don't know how sustainable the the Game Pass system is going to be in the long term. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, game. I mean, Game Pass is. I I think. Of course, my computer wants me to restart it. <laughs> Not right now. Um, but yeah, I think Game Pass is is a solid platform. But um, and it gives people a chance to. It's, it, it's definitely enticing to. because now when I think about it, it's like okay, I don't have to buy an Xbox no more. I could just right. subscribe through the service on my PC, mm-hmm. I'll upgrade my PC, you know, maybe next year or so, and then I'll be able to play Halo and Gears, you know, and not be as platform, uh, be more platform agnostic in a way, I guess. But but to me, I'm more old school in the way that you're, you really want to buy the platform of the console manufacturer that has like the most optimal and the most diverse set of games. And Microsoft doesn't have that at the moment. They have the support of third parties. But when it comes to their first party lineup, especially with the delay of Halo Infinite, which should have been there on November 10th. I mean, what do they have to offer? A, a, a lot of their studios are still, you know, working hard they have on Tetris? new intellectual they have Tetris, property. Steven. They... So- they did buy like a bunch of other studios. Uh, uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. Yeah. Yep. They took my baby. They shot it it's in the okay. back and dragged it into the Xbox. I mean, what? What? One of my That's favorite awesome. games of all time, which was the original uh, Hellblade. They t- they took they took they took but my hey, baby. Matt, Dingo took you my could baby. Play, you could stream Hellblade Two through your crappy PC now. It's okay. I, I can't even because it can't even run it. I can't even run Halo Three. <laughs> it's it, it's but you can use the X Cloud. All you need is good internet. Do you have good internet? Yes. Okay. So there. X, wait. I'm sorry. Did I miss something? What the fuck is X Cloud? I just mentioned it earlier. X Cloud is basically their their way of uh, 
I'm, I'm not sure this applies to all games in the Xbox Game Pass, but you could like... It's like a PS Now, but better? Cloud technology. Well, you yeah. don't have to have the hardware to run it, but you can use... Right, exactly. It's like I'm streaming a movie, for example, but it's an interactive oh. movie where I'm playing games, but I don't need the hardware to you know, run this game. It's being run on a separate thing, but they're just streaming it to my exactly. PC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might be interested in that, but you know what? I don't have the time for it right now because all I can think about is Wednesday, September 16th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Are you ready? The PlayStation 5. So, um, yes, that's me jumping into that conversation. Uh, <laughs> the um, PlayStation 5 has some I, I think demon souls will be a launch title for that it's we're going in the dark with what launch titles will be for that um other than you know maybe ratchet and clank and uh i don't think ratchet and clank will be a launch title i think it'll come out within three months or so okay um i mean it's soon it's like yeah, Resogun to you know uh infinite <laughs> no. in, 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 I infamous I wish there was a Resogun too. I'm talking about the release title. Like Resogun was the initial jump for PlayStation, but then we had Infamous. Uh, oh yeah, Second, Second Son. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a, you know a few months out. Um, we have Rift Apart coming out. Um, I imagine it looks like Doom Eternal will be a quote-unquote launch title. Uh, uh, yeah, basically the upgrade version. Mm-hmm. Fortnite's going to be on every fucking platform till the end of time. Let's see. So Rift Apart is a sequel to the reboot of um, like Ratchet and Clank. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And then planet coaster overcooked all you can eat which is a, probably a redux of the overcooked series yeah no, I, I, it's I, both overcooked I, and overcooked too it's both of them yeah hmm. okay fifa um cyberpunk really you don't say uh do we think cyberpunk's coming out this year i don't think it is i think i, I think it got delayed right again uh, no but uh, the thing is they are saying that they are for sure going to launch on that date but something tells me my ass feeling I have I think it's going to delay one more time hmm. I feel What's... like there's something about that game in terms of its ambition and its performance and sort of like what people expect from an open world and that is as complex as that I feel like they still have to iron out something inside. Uh, I just... What's the release date again? Remind us. November 17th, I think. 17th, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Also, PlayStation 5 will also have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I don't even know if I'm... I, I don't know about this new, new, new strain that's, of Assassin's Creed games. That's... I mean, the time period is right up up your alley no I mean Jin's, it's not Jin's, it's not gonna meet Jin Sakai's sword it's gonna be another axe Steven I don't know about that I don't uh, know 
I'm gonna maybe put the blue. two axes are better than the katana. Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I. I didn't play. What's the last Assassin's Creed game I played? Oh, Got to think back. Uh, it was before the French one. It was Black like Flag. Black Flag. Yep, that was the last one I did. I never played Rogue. I think Rogue was a. Was that Xbox only? I didn't play no. Rogue. I think the last one I played was Black Flag, which I enjoyed a lot. Didn't beat it. I got kind of. I think I got. I think it was a. <laughs> this is gonna age me a bit. I got it on GameFly, um, and then. Hey, they're still around. No need to bad bad mouth GameFly. Bad mouthing okay. GameFly. I'm just saying. <laughs> I haven't used it in a while since I got digital copies of most of my games. Um, but you know, for those on a budget, GameFly, solid solid choice. This episode is also brought to you by Gamefly. Uh, check out all the games. No, it's not. No, it's, no, not. it's not. It, no, it's it, not. it is not. It is not. Game Ignore is. everything he says. Uh, <laughs> he yeah. has currently been drinking, and his performance so far has been a bit. Uh, yeah. My performance. My performance. <laughs> my performance has been astounding, sir. Um, you have, yeah. There's a bunch of side tangents here. I I like it. Oh my god. This is a great episode. Solid points. Um, for those who have been paying attention, I think that uh, the PlayStation has a very limited capacity, as we've been talking about, for its um, hard drive. And I think, it, but people can do extended hard drives again, right? That's that's the thing, right? I can. Re- yeah, I mean, you can still plug in the USB. Uh, third-party hard drive and Good. expand your storage, but it'd be preferable if it was a solid-state drive. I have a, solid, a regular one. Yeah, of course, I have a solid-state yeah. uh, external. Yeah. But the thing is, I I would want to use the same one I use for my PlayStation Four. Now, the PlayStation Four does have a pairing thing where it's like, well, if you want to pair this with the PlayStation Four, you need to use a certain amount of its hard drive to do that, right? Um, yeah. To make sure it is just your PlayStation Four. Will people like? I don't think they've even brought this up yet, and we might find out on Wednesday. But can I use that same solid state drive to then just pair it with my PlayStation Four or my Five? Um. Hopefully, they would probably just have to reformat your drive right. and all the games you have in there. I want to make sure I mean, it just won't fuck it up, right? Because well, yeah, are the that's games the that are on there going to be able the, to shift over? The biggest question that Sony has to answer, or rather the, the problem, is they need to make the transition from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. If they fail at that, that's going to cause some major issues when it comes to players thinking, ah, oh, I can't play this game on my PS5 or I can't play, uh, like, you know, a few of these games or, you know, the, the digital games have to be re-downloaded at launch through the PlayStation Store. I can't just, you know, copy and paste it with the with the hard drive and just switch it out. The, like, that, that for sure has to be... Uh, be upfront and center when it comes to like, okay, once they announce the price and the release date, this is what you can do to prepare f- for the launch. And they don't leave anything to doubt. Because for backwards compatibility, it took them a while to really flesh out that, yeah, most PS4 games will be playable on the PlayStation 5. 
and then it will be up to the to the developer of said game if they want to update uh, and add visual optimization mm-hmm. upgrades, right? So it's like it took them a while for them to to just say that. So hopefully right. they don't drag it. Neither, I really hope they don't. Um, yeah. Well, kind of switching topics here. Uh, let's talk about the third of our Cerberus heads here. Uh, Nintendo. Let's talk about them. We kind of briefly yeah. mentioned about their 4K iteration that's going to be coming out. Um, we don't have a launch window on that at all, do we? We don't know anything about it except that it is in their plans. Uh, I think I think initially they wanted to release it this holiday, but they are going to wait for Microsoft and Sony to duke it out first. Uh, and they're going to release it sometime next year. Um and then with the expectation that Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever the sequel will be called, um, they will probably have that as the Death of the Wild. Death of the Wild. No. So that would be very smart of them. Uh, I'm intrigued to see... So I, I kind of see like a three-pronged approach for Nintendo here, because right now we have two versions of the Switch. The the OG Switch and the Switch Lite, which cannot be connected to a TV. It's basically a true portable. Um, and so I'm really intrigued to see how they approach the sort of uh, namesake of the Switch, uh, whether it's just a beefier version of the original uh, with a better screen, 4K. Uh, the battery life on that thing will have to be pretty fucking good if you're gonna want people to play that on the go um i just it's just when it comes to portables and battery life i i don't have a good good time with that especially because with the switch as of now like the battery life on that if you were to play like a highly extensive game uh it would last you like what three four hours on the go Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like uh it's not really that portable, so I wonder if they just go the pure hardware box route and not have it be portable. Hmm, that would be interesting. Yeah, because I mean, some members of my family have definitely played. I actually got some of my older members of my family into the Nintendo Switch, and they play it exclusively as a portable device. So if they went completely without the portable device i think they'd be screwing over half of their player base well again it's it's not a it's not a you know that 4k uh pro version isn't gonna be tailored to the more casual gamer like to the casual gamer they'll be like i i don't need that i'm gonna go with my switch Lite because you know they're playing animal crossing you know Mm -hmm. exactly the other people in my family play yeah so that's not targeting them. It's more targeting towards the more hardcore players who feel like uh, Xbox and PS5, not my kind of tea, but hey, 4K Switch beefed up and the third-party parody won't be as much of a big uh, big gap like it was in the previous generations with the Wii and the Wii U. Because recall that uh, some of the third-party publishers in the previous two generations, they just didn't want to release 
titles on the on the Nintendo systems because they were underpowered. Right. And they and they just couldn't, you know, downgrade Call of Duty their would be example, their... Witcher, which is now on the Switch. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's smart for Nintendo to keep up with the hardware specs of the other consoles. Is I don't expect it to be as powerful depending if it's going to be portable, obviously. Um, but my biggest concern is if it's portable, I hope the battery life is, you know, good enough uh, for, you know, maybe five, six hours. But you know, perhaps that's a pipe dream. But, you know, I would prefer if they were just to release, like, the box itself and not have it be portable. And that way you have three tiers. One that is... Pure portable, one that it can be portable and be hooked to the TV, and one that you can only hook to the TV, but provides the best graphical fidelity and 4K resolution. That would actually be pretty smart. Hmm. Yeah. And, and anything else we know? I think you mentioned a few things to me earlier today uh, about the 4K. Um, development was restarted for Metroid Prime 4, was it? Yeah, rare. Definitely, the original developers problem. of the Metroid Prime trilogy uh, decided, you know, they they were going to take control of development. This isn't like you know new per se, but they had to basically restart development. Um, I guess they weren't happy with whatever design philosophy that they had been cooking up. Uh, when it was first announced, and they hired a bunch of new people into the project team. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one okay. of the new people uh, is from the 343 Industries uh, who worked on Halo 4 and Halo 5. Uh, so you have that first-person shooter expertise. Okay. Um, so, again, it Metroid Prime 4, I really don't see it coming out sooner than 2022 at this point. Right. Uh, I mean, since coronavirus definitely delayed a lot of things, it's going to definitely delete this as well. Yeah, most definitely. But I'm so excited for it. Um, I have a. I wonder. I, yeah, go ahead. I have, I have something I kind of want to f- discuss. It's kind of fun. And I mean, not that we haven't been discussing fun, we've been more saying facts. I want to do something about speculation here. So. Story-wise, a lot of these games, Halo 5, Breath of the Wild 2, we don't know too much about. Of course, the Brutes are back in Halo 5. We, Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Did I say Halo 5? Halo yeah, Infinite. Excuse me. I wrote down Halo 5. I was like, Halo 5. We're going to talk about Halo 5. Halo 5 is a dog shit story. Um, Halo <laughs> Infinite hopefully is better. Uh, the Brutes in Halo Infinite... Let, let's talk a little bit about Halo Infinite. I was not impressed with the oh, showcase. No, I wasn't. It was like, okay, you got to grab a hook. Cool. And it, it felt it, it felt so contrived in the way that they think add, adding a grappling hook and implementing that into the Halo sandbox would change much or add any dynamic. Like it just felt so stale when you saw it in action. I must say, you can never predict the future of a game. I mean, yes, a very no. standalone, a very big series such as Halo, we can kind of predict where we're going to go. But if you think about the very beginnings of what we saw for a little tiny game where you built buildings and had to defend it from enemies, such as fucking Fortnite, no one could have seen where it could have landed today. 
Now, um, I remember what, I saw the first beta footage of it when I went to a um, PAX back in 26, 2018, 2016. Uh, so it was, you know, we don't know where it's going to go. This is a, the very first footage of Halo Infinite that we've seen, but we'll see where it goes from here. I'll let you continue with your statement. There is uh, some good news for Halo fans, though. Uh, the One of the original writers for the OG trilogy who worked at Bungie and then left uh, when Destiny came out, um, Joseph Staden, uh, he wrote some of the Halo novels as well. Um, he is back on Halo. So that can be nothing but like a big benefit to the project team that's handling Halo Infinite. Uh, at least he could provide some sense of direction and probably adds more credence to the theory that Halo Infinite... I mean, obviously, it, it, it was kind of obvious from the box art that they released and the, the sort of aesthetic that they're going for that they're trying to go back to that Halo Combat Evolved feel mm -hmm. with the open world, um, the sandbox, uh, the the colorfulness of it uh, from the more metallic uh, Prothean color palette that I didn't quite like in 4 and 5. Um, so, you know, hopefully with him back on the project team, Halo Infinite can turn things around um, because it... I feel like Microsoft cannot afford to fuck up Halo again. No. Because if they fuck up again, I think that's it for the franchise. It would have to be put into the fucking freezer and be there for a long time. Wake me when you need me. <laughs> it's like, wake me when we need you. You fucking dead to us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wake yeah. you. I'll wake you when I want to. Exactly. Carbonite. So, yeah. Um so, but yeah, talking more about Halo Infinite, um, it, that game looks like it has some potential, but I'm not sure about it. Now, other games we don't know too much about, uh, and games we haven't even heard anything about, we won't see for years to come. I want to talk about your the games you really want to see happen for the next gen. Now, one we already know about is going to come out, Breath of the Wild 2, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, we, when we first saw the trailer, you, you had made some serious callbacks based on the shapes of what things were in this trailer. And you're like, Whoa, that looks like this. And this looks like that. So you said that the, the way Ganon was shaped in one of the parts of that video looked like it was from the, um, Oh shit. It's the legend of Zelda game where you're uh, sailing, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Yeah. You said it was like, oh, that looks like the way Ganon dies in the, in Wind Waker, and I was like, hmm. So, what, what are your thoughts about about like? And very, let's do a brief, very brief dive on this. But what do you think the story is going to be in Breath of the Wild two? Do they sail um, to a different place? Is it going to be kind of like you know? I I think in some way when we defeated, you know, Ganon's form in the original Breath of the Wild, I, I feel like there is a, he basically separated his essence into like under Hyrule Castle itself. And to Link and Zelda, they just, you know, were kind of, they, because of the way we confronted Ganon in the original, I would imagine 
bringing him down was the catalyst to actually unleashing a more darker form of him that was kept in the crypts. It's like a like a like a Horcrux. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and so I, I, it's very obvious from the teaser trailer that this is going to be more darker. It's going to be more ominous, and the the landscape that they can still use for Hyrule. Uh, again because it's it's so fucking good it, it's still good to this day um it's gonna change dramatically and as you saw at the end of, of that teaser Hyrule Castle is just lifting itself up slowly up into the air and hmm. the ground shakes and Hyrule is gonna fucking change it's going to be crazy to see you know what they do with with the map itself um you might see like you know the map alterate maybe different uh dimensions of you know the the shadow creatures a a lot of it is reminiscent of like the sort of like tribal dark cults and like majora's mask Hmm. and like that gothic overtone of it 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 kind of just kind of feels like it has that that palette and that design philosophy that might translate to this new sequel um so i'm very excited to see what they do with the map and also with the story yeah i i also really hope they incorporate zelda more into the not only to the story but also gameplay like maybe we play as her for a section or hell maybe incorporate co-op so you're thinking maybe they include uh chic into it yeah, that too. That would be a way to. I mean, not that you can't just play Zelda, but Sheik is her alter ego as a as a as a you know a, her her battle character, her battle persona as Sheik. So I think it'd be interesting to play as Sheik for sure. Um, this kind of leads me to my my overall question: What games are you most excited to see come out on this new generation? Doesn't have to be a launch title doesn't have to be anything announced. What would be something you'd like to see on the Nintendo uh, come out? And you can say Blast of the Wild 2 if you want to, because it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Probably going to be my... But so, Okay, so something that could be but from on each our console. wish list. Yeah, on each console that you want to see. And, and it, we should try to think of um, games that might be centric to that console so a playstation only game a nintendo only game an xbox only game yeah we'll leave the third parties out of it since you know yeah um for me for microsoft to i don't know i I feel like i've been just too fatigued with gears and halo it's kind of hard for me to kind of go back to that ecosystem but if there's one thing that they can do Oh man, if, if they somehow pull it off, especially since they're buddies Sci-fi with EA, filter. especially if they're no. buddies with EA. And now I know you mentioned first party exclusive, but mm-hmm. I'm talking like they make this into an actual exclusive. If they somehow manage to fund the development of a proper Knights of the Old Republic sequel, Ooh. a three, and they basically retcon the Old Republic, which I would hate to see because there are elements of the Old Republic that I really love. But basically, either continue Revan's story or a new character, but follow the chronology of the first two games. And if they have it as an exclusive to their ecosystem, oh man, I'm definitely signing up for Game Pass at that point. That would be interesting. Now, who would develop it? I don't trust Bioware anymore. 
I would have to say you would have to have Obsidian do it because Obsidian. they did. Yeah, they did the second one. Um, and they and, also did really well with uh, uh, Vegas. Yeah, New Vegas. New Vegas. Yeah, but Obsidian is doing their own thing now. Um, but they're now under the Microsoft Game Studios uh, because they, they bought them. So mm-hmm. it could happen. So that would be for uh, Microsoft Xbox. Okay. For Sony, uh, what would I want? This is a tough one because there's so much to. Okay, this is the boring answer, but Bloodborne Two. Okay. I think that I think that would break the internet. However, if I were to sneak in another one, go back to their uh, archive of franchises and reboot the Legend of Dragon. Just fucking do it. People are craving the good turn-based RPGs. Yes, this is basically the game that Sony uh, funded that would you know sort of you know. Uh, because Final, Final Fantasy VII, when it came out in 96, 97, it blew up. And Sony wanted to replicate that with The Legend of Dragoon, but it just wasn't as great. So, mm-hmm. But the whole concept of that game back then was just really cool. Um, so, it, it, I mean, and right now, if you look at their first party slate, we see a lot of open worlds. Uh, you see a lot of third person action games. Sony needs to diversify a bit. Make a JRPG, make a strategy game, make something that's not just a story-driven, cinematic, open world. We have that with Horizon. We have that with Ghost of Tsushima. We have that with Days Gone. Like, there there definitely needs to be some sort of diversity. Um, I think they definitely need diversity as well. So, and what about, and we said Nintendo as well, for Nintendo, what I would really want to see is, uh, let's see, I would say F-Zero, but Mario Kart kind of already fills that void of racing mm-hmm. titles. Um, I'm going to say Advance Wars. Bring back Advance Wars. Um, that would be my go-to pick for Nintendo. Advance Wars. Yeah. Yes. Dope. I definitely enjoyed the uh, kind of successor I guess um, spiritual successor what was it called oh, into the breach yeah yeah into the breach thank god you figured that out <laughs> um, yeah definitely something that I, I, I enjoyed a lot for that um, what, what about you Microsoft what so would they need to do? I'm looking I mean, up they- I, you know I was actually looking up a lot of their their first party titles and I'm like oh, okay um this is a long reach one. This is a long reach. Um, so, and this is fabled in all of gaming lore to actually happen. However, Microsoft was the only one to dance in the de- with the devil in the pale moonlight for this series of games. It's not developed by Microsoft. They had a little orange box in the 360. So, the dream game to see would be not just one, but three games. I don't really care about Team Fortress Three, but to see the uh, to see oh fuck Half Life Three and Left 4 Dead Three come out on the Xbox Series X or S would be fucking 
baller as a for they would kill they would kill as a as, as a for a console base of course you can still play your games through the through the microsoft you could play them on your pc as well so it worked perfectly in tandem with that i feel if they now of course it would piss off a bunch of people on sony if they were just console players or, or like nintendo but if half-life 3 came out on as an xbox series you know exclusive i think that would be the thing to do even as a timed exclusive that would yeah still be a big that deal. it would just break the internet a just because it was like fucking finally just an explosion for a week just like oh <laughs> like it happened and it happened with microsoft like it'd be insane um along with left or dead three which I think would be it is going to be a great game regardless. I don't see it coming to PlayStation because we've never had any on this PlayStation. I don't see it coming to Nintendo. Keep it as exclusive, and that would blow up for Xbox. For Nintendo, um, definitely got to definitely got to be excited most for Breath of the Wild two. Um, an exclusive that's other than that that I would be super excited to see I gotta look up uh, Nintendo first <laughs> party games and I, I don't think I know any that would I would be more excited for that Pikmin 3 did they already announce that uh, Pikmin 4 Poor is goddamn like- 4 it's a it's a known quantity that it exists, but nothing has been announced about it. Pikmin was a solid title. Um, I mean, I can't think of any follow ups other than other than Breath of the Wild. I mean, of course, Metroid. I'm super excited for. Um, you know. Uh, maybe how about this Donkey Kong Jungle Beat 2 <laughs> okay all about the, all about the using you know the, your cardboard boxes over at Nintendo oh my god so you know maybe develop Donkey Kong Jungle Beat 2 or yeah I mean just use I was, the Joy-Cons yeah Joy-Cons but well you can't use the Joy-Cons for Donkey Kong Jungle Beat it was all about the bongos Oh, that's right. And 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 Nintendo's still about the buying of separate, you know, things like a Guitar Hero controller. Okay, think about it. It's the bongos. So Donkey Kong Jungle Beat Two has got to be the thing. I loved the first one. That game was dope as shit, and it was hard, and it was difficult. It's like fucking boss battles. Like fuck, fuck, fuck. And you want to throw the bongos across the room? I did it a few times. It uh, actually didn't destroy the bongos more than it did my poor wood floor. Um, and of course, probably we're 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 definitely gonna see. I mean, they already announced the the uh, the Mario bundle with Sunshine sixty four and uh, Odyssey, or sorry, not Odyssey, um, Galaxy. Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Galaxy. We're definitely gonna see a new Super Mario game. Maybe Odyssey two. I'd probably say yes. Uh, I never I never played that. If we saw, what if we saw Super Mario Sunshine two? That's not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. Look, look, look. Sunshine was a good game, but it's I wanted to go on vacation again. There. It's not up there, okay? It's, it's up there up. for me. It's up there for me, man. Um, yeah. 
So yeah. And now we hit my my home state. I got three games I'm looking forward to the most for Sony this uh, this generation. Starting with Ghost of Tsushima sequel, whatever that will be. Of course, it'll probably come mid to end of of yeah, uh, of that. Another thing would be interesting to see, um, and I know it's going to happen. God of War two. God of War two, and by that I don't mean the fucking remaster. I mean the sequel to the last one. We're gonna have to fight Thor and some of the other gods. We're gonna have to fight. Uh, okay. If you didn't read into what the fucking legend is in the game, uh, Kratos becomes the snake. And then we have Atreus? Loki. Loki. Um, What was his his name before he was called Loki in the game? Atreus, yeah. Atreus and Loki. Um, And and we're going to have that whole legend play out. Essentially, he, you know, uh, Kratos has to die, and you got to take over as Atreus, kind of like a Last of Us trade-off. Um, but it's more like you know, gods and legends, and I'm looking forward to that game so much. And then, of course, a game that I hope comes near maybe the middle or end of the life cycle for the PlayStation Five. We got to see how it ends, man. It's a game we talked about last week. I know. The Last of Us 3. Uh, the, you know, and, regardless and of what... The, yeah, regardless of what thing, because you could argue part one and part two have the standalone story to them, where you could have easily just ended it with part two, and there's no need to go further, but... You, you you just know it that they still have more story to tell. It's basically part three will have to revolve around Ellie finding a new purpose again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she deserves that closure, if you will, in terms of seeking some type of life in this hell world that she lives in. Um, and then just to briefly touch on it, but if, if I think I mentioned it in the previous podcast, but the first Last of Us was about being a father. The second Last of Us, part two, was from the perspective of the daughters. Mm-hmm. I believe the third one is going to be from the perspective of mothers or motherhood in general. And I think it'd be cool if they kind of showed us more of a glimpse of Ellie's mom and have it be like a pre slash sequel in no way i think that'd be really cool that'd be interesting yeah for sure i think um that could definitely happen and i don't think you mentioned that last episode but you did talk to me about it uh after i beat the the second game we talked about it but yeah it would definitely be the natural evolution to the story arc for ellie mm-hmm. yeah i and i think um I think that's pretty much all we can say about the next generation for this point. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War as we continue uh, getting to know more about that. They did do a, a uh, multiplayer reveal, and of course, Zombies is going to be a thing. 
What's your initial uh, impressions of the multiplayer footage? Interested? Interested? Uh, I'm more interested in um, in the in the single player storyline right now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see what they can bring for there. They've been really good with the Black Ops storyline, especially for the first and second one. Third one, I didn't give a shit about. But I, I'm, I'm invested when it comes to Woods and Mason. Um, and this is kind of taking place in between the two. I really did like Black Ops 2. I like Black Ops 1 storyline. Black Ops Cold War. I'm interested to see what they can bring. I, I don't expect to be super surprised about what happens in the story. But the story itself could be really good. Um, are they? And they're not retconning Black Ops 2, are they? No, because... Uh... Cold War takes place between Before. the first and yeah, second. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely not recounting that. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what can come of that. And, um, yeah, super Just excited. Just to touch back briefly before we uh, conclude this podcast, um, what does Sony have to do on Wednesday to basically offset the goodwill that was generated from the series s announcement and price point every playstation 5 will now come with a vr headset bundled in at the price point <laughs> of 599 really that's if, if they if they announce if they announce a a ps5 so you can get the ps5 or the ps5 without a disc drive those are two separate consoles and you're going to get the ps5 vr um without a disc drive for a certain price probably about 50 bucks off the price of the one with the disc drive and then a ps5 with a disc drive with the vr headset about you know i could maybe see that with the current vr headset unless you're speaking strictly with a new vr model i wouldn't anticipate it's going to be new unless they blow us out of the water which i have no like the only, I feel like I feel like they they have some pocket aces hiding, and if they don't, they do, they do. I fully anticipate pretty soon we're going to hear about a big acquisition that they're going to make of What's a the acquisition uh, of a studio. I don't, yeah, a studio. Oh fuck! Uh, I didn't even sure get to my fucking hold on. Reverse, reverse, reverse. I remember one thing. We're I, gonna ten it our way back. Okay. Okay. I didn't see the movie yet. Um. I need to see it. But two things I wanted to mention. Two games I cannot wait to see or hear more about for all of these platforms, but mainly the one I'm going to play on. Uh, And I know people are going to burn me to the ground for this one based on what they did with their last game. But Starfields and The Elder Scrolls Six, Because... It's been nothing but radio silence since we saw them with uh, their horrible Fallout game. And I'm still a fan of of uh, The Elder Scrolls, and they still have Starfields. I want to see what they can do for the, for the next generation as well. Now we should continue with what you're going to say. No, but just to briefly touch on... There's no need to feel ashamed about liking Elder Scrolls, Matt. It's still a beloved series. Okay? I know. This, the studio <laughs> fucked up on their last game. Uh, the well, Fallout 76? Oh, sorry, Fallout 76, yeah. Eh, it's been 
they have made their best effort to try and make amends with it. I'm not sure if it's to the point where it's a good game now, but at least there's effort being put into it. True. Um, yeah, but Starfields is... I, 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 out of Starfields and 6, I'm more excited for Starfields because... Out of the unknown it's versus the known. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel like with 6, there are certain expectations. With Starfields, there are no expectations, and that is more exciting to me. Um, and then um, going back to what I was trying to say in regards to what Sony needs to do, uh, I think this is what's... I think this is how it plays out. The price point... It's going to be $399 with no disk drive. And then $499 for the disk drive. And both will be bundled with Spider-Man Miles Morales. That would be something to do. That would be the ideal thing. Because if you look at it, Miles Morales is not a full-fledged title. It's more of a uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy situation where it's going to retail for like $30, $40. Bucks. And it's going to be like an eight-hour experience so i feel like you know they're like let's subsidize a bit of instead of pricing the 399 version to 299 let's just charge them the 100 price difference but give them a game so that they're like oh shit that's why i want the ps5 anyways let me get it i don't think it's gonna happen but it would be smart of them for for them to do it you also see a secondary or a third at this point a Spider-Man game coming out this generation? Yeah, I mean, they still have to make Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales is more of a stopgap. It's not the full-fledged sequel. It's like a teaser. Yeah, so it's, it's a teaser for what's to come. Mm. And Insomniac is definitely working on the sequel. Mm. Especially with how crazy good the original sold. Yeah. Well, um, definitely excited for what the next generation and the future brings for gaming. Um yeah. Our poor wallets, man. Our poor wallets. Our poor wallets. I don't know if I'll be buying PlayStation 5 on launch, but uh, I'll get it soon to launch, and definitely um, it's going to be a crazy ride. But yeah, uh, if you all have any questions or things or topics you want us to bring up for our next episodes, feel free to reach out to us on uh, NYE Podcast on, on uh, Instagram. Twitter and Twitter uh, DM us for any uh, topics you want us to talk about. We're going to probably talk about uh, Call of Duty Black Ops on one of our next episodes and also um, anything that might pop up in between. Probably PlayStation 5 craziness. Probably, uh, you know, whatever may come. But yeah. Uh, And we're going to bring back Nostalgia Royale eventually. So don't you you worry there for those who enjoyed that segment. Um... I have a good idea of what we can do for there. So just stay in tune for that. Any last I thoughts? Have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And uh, we haven't discussed it. You haven't so, discussed it. Uh, it will be okay. discussed eventually. My, curi- my curiosity has been peaked. You peaked my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Meme. Um, <laughs> did you have any last statements, Stephen? Let the console war begin. Vaya con Dios. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone everyone for joining us this evening and or morning whenever the hell you're listening to us and have a great rest of your day all right bye